So Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your Your? Your? Body. Your body is not making a noise right now. It needs to get a little more fired up. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be... By the renewing that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So Paul is encouraging the believers in Rome to present a body as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. Living. Anybody alive? Not many people are raising their hand or saying yes. So, anybody alive? Yeah. Awesome. 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 Very good. Can I, I don't mind to dig or hurt anyone by saying what I'm about to say. But I just want to challenge you with this. That a living sacrifice is not living out of convenience. Okay. For example... The word of God for us as Christians, we have a book. Carrying a Bible is a living sacrifice. Reading the Bible on the phone is convenience. No, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just, I'm just trying to show you what it means to be a living sacrifice is that it, it should cost me something by carrying something that speaks louder than what I'm actually saying. No judgment, okay? There's no condemnation, neither is, I use my phone as well uh, when, when, when I'm outside. But I, I, I try as much as possible. The, whole, the only reason why I'm giving you this illustration is not to judge you, but actually show you the difference of how easy it is to live inconvenience rather than a sacrifice. And God is calling us to live a lifestyle of sacrifice. Okay? Every day. So if, if something causes you to be convenient, then you must make the conscious decision to opt for sacrifice. See, today is a Saturday. Most of us are used to having a siesta at about this time. Because you know your Saturday lunch would be quite heavy. And, or you might be going out somewhere. And this time is when you're probably having your nap. And you're here today. Hoping, I'm hoping that you're not having a nap right now. But, but you're awake. Because you're alive. Right? It's a sacrifice. That is why I'm saying your life will never be the same again after today. You understand, the fact that you chose to come to church today, you chose to wear your best today, right? 
You, you, didn't, you didn't like, oh, church, you know, I just wear, you know, whatever, man, you know. I'm, I'm not going to impress anybody. That's okay. That's not a problem. But when you take the time, you create the space, you place a value on him. That is a lifestyle of sacrifice. Do you understand? So I, I want to encourage you to, to live this kind of a lifestyle where you consciously make the effort to create a value for God and his kingdom. Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And this is our reasonable service. And do not be trans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our God desires for you and me to present to him a body that is transformed. Many times we come into church or we have a relationship with God hoping that God would transform our body. Please pay attention now. God, change me. Hello? We want God to change us. When God is saying, I've already given you everything that you need to change. So that you can present a transformed body. You know, it was so... Um, last week, um, I, was, uh, I was blessed with some, um, with some masala. Okay, Tina really makes this awesome. Um, okay, all right. I guess most of you have, have tasted it already. It, for those who don't know, it's the, it's the you know, the, the gravy in the curry, right? Uh, she makes the, the base for it. And you, all you need to do is just add meat into it and put a little water and then that's, wow, phenomenal. I mean, I was blown away. I ate it the whole week. But she gave me this, this masala and, and she says, all you need to do is just put meat in it and put some water and, and then you're good. And when I, when I was preparing my, this, this message, the Lord just reminded me of what she did. And he did exactly the same thing. He gave us his word. He didn't give us transformation. All you need to do is you need to take the word and you need to apply it. And when you apply it, there's something that happens with the word and with you so that now you can present to God a dish called the body. You can present a body that is holy, living sacrifice and is acceptable to God. The, the reason why... I love, the reason why I'm talking about it is because firstly, I loved the masala. It was absolutely awesome. It was really good. Okay. And secondly, I was like, this is so like God. God expects us to present to him a body that is transformed. Not a body. We don't go to God asking him to transform us, but we go to God presenting him a transformed body. The way he transforms our body is by renewing 
our minds. The way we renew our minds is by receiving the word of God. So God has given us his word and he says, you have the choice now to mix the word according with your life. Mix the word, allow the word to get into your heart, into your body so that you can be a living sacrifice. Listen, the reason why God forgave people of their sins was because people confessed their sin upon an animal. That animal was then lit on fire. And that fragrance went up to God and he forgave. But in the new covenant, God is looking to you and me to present a body that is already transformed. And do not, now let me read this thing again to you. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. You must understand that Jesus has already paid the price for you so that you can be holy, acceptable, and a living sacrifice. Are you with me? Transformation is important to God because you must understand That we present a body that is already transformed to God so that God can use the same body to present us to, the, to all of creation. We're going to God and saying, God, change me. And God is saying, I've already given you my word. Don't be lazy. Use my word. Transform your body so that there's the second phase which I need to use your body that same transformed body, I need to use it as a, a, a message to all of creation. My message to all of creation. Do you understand? No. Do you understand? Good. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. It says, all of creation waits in eager expectation for the manifestation or the revelation of the sons of God. How many sons of God do we have in this room? Very good. All the ladies are not putting their hand up. How many sons do we have in this room? Right, everybody. God is not into gender, but sons means both. Okay, please. So, all of creation is waiting for the revelation of the sons. Not the son, the sons. Are you with me? So, as the sons are being transformed into the very son because of the word. Now all of creation is longing for the sons. They're not longing for the son, they're longing for... But it's very interesting, the manifest sons mean, means the sons who reveal. Sons who reveal who constantly are living their lives, revealing something or the other. As you present your body, God uses you to present his body. As you present Jesus to God, 
you use his word you allow the word to to renew your mind the body gets changed and now you present that body to god and now god says okay awesome let me take that body and let me present it to the world because your body is giving a message to the world so the sons of god are transformed into the image and likeness of the son so that all of creation can receive the message that you and i are giving my question to you is what is your message what is your answer to the world are you so caught up with the circumstance that the circumstance is making you their message or are you transforming all of creation by your message i think you're having a saturday blues right now are you getting it in matthew chapter 13 jesus is teaching his disciples the parable of the sower how many of you know what i'm talking about right he's now in in this part of the of the of the parable he's actually giving the explanation of what the parable means and he says that um let me just read it for you he says but he who receives the seed on good ground is the one who hears the word and understands it are you listening are you listening are you sure are you hearing what i'm saying okay good but he who receives the seed on good ground he who receives the seed on good ground is the one who hears and understands he who receives the seed on good ground which means before you walked into this room the cosmos in your mind you've made up in your mind you engineered the cosmos in your mind that you were good ground you're not coming here to receive the word to become good ground you walked into this room knowing that you're good ground your cosmos already says that you are perfect your the ground is ready for the seed when you when you decide in your mind that you are perfect ground for god's word now you're ready to hear and understand yes. what god is saying yeah. so hearing means that you place a um a priority on the potential of the seed yeah. hearing like you're doing right now yeah. if you're drifting away then you have no value for the word but if you are leaning into the word and you're hearing it what what that means is you're saying to god that hey i am placing a priority on the potential of what i'm listening to right now you understand so hearing is placing a potential on the word is recognizing the potential of the word and understanding means that i am now placing a priority on where to apply the word in my life hearing and understanding these are two very very important things and i'll tell you why 
Hearing says that I'm placing a value on the potential of the word, which means the word that comes out of my mouth. For example, the Bible says that God sent his word and healed my diseases. Do you understand? I don't need anybody to pray. I just need the word. I, if I have sickness in my body, I don't need a pill. I need the Why? Because he sent the word. So when I hear the word, understanding the potential that it has, now I place a value on where to apply it in my life. For example, now I'm sick in my body, I'm not going to ask God to give me money. Do you understand? I understand where I need to apply it. God, I receive your word right now. You died on that cross 2,000 years ago. You took my sickness on that cross 2,000 years ago. I am healed. That is application of the word. Do you understand? When God says you are love, you can love, and your neighbor is giving you every reason not to love. Huh? Your husband or your wife is giving you every reason. Your boss is giving you every reason not to love him. That's the perfect place to apply the word. But if you lack a value for the potential of the word, you must look at your angry boss or your angry husband and wife or your upset husband and wife as a potential. Whoa, hold on a minute. I have a value for the word. I know exactly what the potential is. I'm a good investor. Hello. I know exactly where to sow the seed. And instead of being angry towards them, I show them love. I'm sowing a seed. I'm sowing a seed. I sow a seed like that and I see transformation. I sow a seed and I bring transformation. Do you understand? So this is, do you understand? <laughs> so hearing and understanding is, is a lifestyle that you must develop. Hearing and understanding the word. Hearing is not just listening. Hearing is placing a value on the potential. Man, I heard a testimony today that, that rocked my world. It's absolutely awesome. Man, prisons are being influenced because of what's happening in this room, because of the word that is going out in this, from this room. You must understand. Oh, hold on, hold on. I place a value. God, I'm going to lean in. I know I'm tired, but I'm going to lean in. I know this is my usual sleepy time, but I'm going to lean into the word. Lean into the word. Lean in. I have every reason not to come to church, but that is the reason why I should come to church. I have every reason not to, not to serve in church, but that is the very reason why I should serve in church. Hello. Now, now, you're a transformed being that is bringing transformation. Do you understand? You've understood that the word transforms you so that you can bring transformation. This ministry, this church, Life Church Global, is a ministry of transformation. It's a ministry of transformation. Every single person that is sitting in this room is a potential to be transformed. You must understand, if I don't, my life does not change, if I am not transformed, what am I presenting to you? Just empty words. But to see lives changing in this room,
to see lives changing outside of this room, to see businesses changing, to see opportunities rising, to see sickness leaving people's bodies. This is the result, it's proof of a changed man, of a transformed man that has offered his life to God so that now God can use his body and her body to change everybody. So good, isn't it? When you create a cosmos in your mind with the word of God, your body literally becomes the loudspeaker of what is in your mind. Do you understand that? Your physical body becomes the loudspeaker of what is in your mind. I'll give you easy examples for you to understand, okay? Let's say I love donuts. Krispy Kreme. And let's say I have a value system in, in my cosmos, in my mind. I can see donuts floating around like that. <laughs> I have these donuts floating in my mind. And every day, I'm just going donuts. <laughs> Nuts for donuts. Eating donuts every single day, every single day, every single day. What happens to you after three months? When people look at you, they can see donut around you. <laughs> Do you understand? Your body manifests what is in the cosmos of your mind. I'm not saying don't eat donuts. But I'm just saying, if you create a value system for God's word, when you use God's word in your mind, now your body begins to manifest Christ. It, like a loudspeaker, begins to say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You go to work, it's Christ going to work. You go to the malls, it's Christ going to the mall. It doesn't matter, you're not preaching religion. You don't even have to open your mouth. There's a realm around you of Christ that is manifesting like a vibration that is going out into every single person person I was you know the word is so vital you know I, we have a, we, we bought these aloe vera plants I sent this picture to our our coaches and, and our heads team today um, and, and I just noticed it today we bought these aloe vera plants two of them and they were single plants when we bought them. Then we put them in these big massive pots and usually people leave them in places where you know they're insignificant because they're aloe vera, you know. It's not a very pretty tree. So, but for some reason, because I prepare my word in the kitchen. Can you imagine? It's so prophetic, isn't it? Right? It's the place of preparation. I sit there and prepare the word in the kitchen. I like it because the, the, the tabletop is high enough for me, okay? So, um, the counter, sorry, not tabletop, the counter. Thank you for that word. I receive it. It's a good word. <laughs> so, so for some reason, I put these two pots next to me where I prepare. And I prepare, I preach my word like I'm preaching to you at home. Like I'm walking around to the fridge and I'm like, you fridge. And <laughs> I declare life to it. <laughs> and I'm walking around and I'm preaching to you before I come into the service. And the Lord showed me the power of the word. There's one pot which is close to me and another pot that's a little further away. And I want to show you what happened to this pot. 
within a span of one month, there are five trees, five other trees that started growing around in the same, in the same pot. You can take it off now. <laughs> you can take it off. Yeah, thank you. You, you must understand that all of creation is longing for the sons to reveal Christ. Every time you reveal Christ, they transform. See, we've received, we've, we've read the Bible where God spoke to Adam and he said, be fruitful and multiply. Right? And we're like, I will be fruitful. I will multiply. Multiply my money. Multiply my health. Multiply my children. Be fruitful. Multiply. Be fruitful. But we forgot that God gave us a commandment to replenish the earth. What you take, give back. Let me give you an example of what replenish looks like. If you buy a capsicum in the market, the supermarket, you eat the capsicum, you throw out the seeds. It's not stewardship. You take the seeds planted in a, in a pot. Now you create a system or that sustains your life. Listen, there will come a point in time that if you buy enough of groceries and fruit and all of that stuff from, from the supermarket, you will not need the supermarket. If God has given us the recipe for be, to be fruitful, multiply, but also replenish. If you buy one capsicum, right? You pay, let's say, five dirhams, right? Very expensive capsicum, but five dirhams, not expensive, but five dirhams. In, those, in that capsicum, there are hundreds of seeds. That each seed, if you have a value for the seed, each seed has a potential to become a plant that bears many capsicums. You can have so many capsicums that now you can give it away for And when you give it away for free, you teach the people how to replenish the earth. So that now they go ahead and plant seeds. So something that they've received for free... So freely you have? Free. Now? Do you understand? We've, we, you must see how God sees stewardship. I'm just giving you a simple example. You can do that with money. You can do that with your clothes. You can do that with food. You can do it. Alabaster is one of those. Think about it. You go grocery shopping, two bags of sugar. You, buy, you need one, but you buy one for somebody else. Now somebody else has food. Now when, the day when their life gets better, now they've learned. Now they buy something for somebody else. It's, it's a, God has given us the ability to be self-sustaining. The kingdom can sustain itself. So the title of my message today is The New Creation is the Answer. The new creation is the answer. So let, let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Do we have a new creation in this house? For 50 of you, you will get this word today. And you will manifest it. I'm telling you, any, anybody who is a new creation in this house. Right. So are you at 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Verse 12. 
Paul is saying, for we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you the opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer, say answer, for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, <laughs> it is for God. It is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. That if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. So Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthian church and he's talking about a new creation. He's talking about a group of people that believe in Jesus, that God has made, the, he has already made the provision of the new man. Jesus Christ, when we, this is Easter, so we, we believe that, you know, Jesus was dead, he was buried and resurrected, and he has a new body. This is what we understood from last week, right? He has a new body. So he is the prototype of what we will be. Now, God made Adam limitless, but Adam did not have the knowledge that he was limitless. He had to spend time with God in the cool of the day and God would teach him how to be like God. Do you understand? In the same way, the model is exactly the same for us now. God has made us a new creation. He's given us the provision, but we don't have full knowledge of it yet. That's why we need the word of God in our minds so that when we believe the word of God, now we, are, we begin to live a limitless life. God has called us to be limitless. The prototype is limitless. He can walk through walls. He can appear. He can be in two places at the same time. What do you believe? The question is, do you believe that you are same old? I have to go to what my knees are painting. My back hurts, pastor. Can't sit for too long in church. I have to stand up. But church is for four hours, so that's too long. Word, the word, how, how, how long, how much, man? How long, this fellow? <laughs> no, why don't you believe that if you have two hours of seed, that the, the transformation and the ability to receive more seed just increases? The problem is that we've had Churches that have settled for less, give you less seed, less quality. You should understand, no? I, I have to give you a word that you'll understand. So all of us, will be drinking milk all our lives. Less quality seed. What if I told you that Jesus really 
didn't care. He just gave it. And then he left it to you for all eternity to figure it out. If you get, out, out, get up out of this room with all knowledge and all understanding, then you should be able to manifest whatever I've said when you walk out of these doors. Hello? That's what we're going for. Because that's the new creation. Right? So Paul, Paul is talking to these guys and he's saying, man, I want you to not, to have an answer. I don't want, these people are boasting about everything, that, everything that is in appearance. Wow, you know, they have good clothes, they have money, businesses, all of that stuff. They're boasting in all of that. But he said, you need to have an answer to these people. He's saying, you have to answer them according to your heart, not according to your appearance. Not according to the wisdom of this world, but according to what is in your mind. Paul is saying, if you allow the word of God to get into your mind, now you will have an answer to everything that the world says that it has better than you. If the world says it has more money than you, you have to have an answer. Because we have to answer them. Because that is an inferior word compared to what word exists on the inside of your mind. You might, they might say, well, we have, the economy is in our hands. The five richest families in the world. Well, it's rubbish. It's all rubbish. You're more richer than all those people in, in, in the world. You have wealth that can multiply faster than anything else. Only because you have the word. And the beauty in it is you don't decide. Your heart is in such a place that you want the world to prosper. You don't want to create recession. You actually want the world to prosper. That's why you'll be able to bless all nations. You'll be able to speak, but you have to speak what is in your mind. But the new creation is not just giving an answer. The new creation is the answer. See, the context of what Paul is actually talking about is actually in verse 10. Let's go to verse 10. Say, I am the answer. I am the new creation. The new creation is the answer. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the... Oh, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Just re let's read it again. For we must all appear. Say appear. Manifest. He's saying, for we must all manifest or reveal ourselves before the judgment seat of Christ. Now look at me. Paul is saying that everybody, all of creation, including us, will appear before Jesus. Before the judgment seat of Christ, which means God has the prototype called Christ. And he's looking to see whether you present yourself as Christ. He's not judging you according to good or bad. Like I've done good works, brother. I've given money to the church. I've done this. I've given to the poor. I've done all of that. But he says, I never knew you. Because he's looking at the heart. He's looking at the cosmos in your mind. What do you have in your mind? Because he's looking. What, what have you done 
in the body. Now I put it in context of our church. For the people who are serving in the church, what have you done in the body? For the people who are not serving in the church that are, that are just not serving, God is going to question you. What have you done in the body? See, because it's important for us to understand that God is a righteous judge. He judges right. He judges right according to Christ. So if you were to compare yourself to Jesus, which Jesus are you comparing yourself to? For most of us, when most of us, 60 to 70,000 thoughts of the past happen, go through our mind every single day, and 90% of those thoughts are thoughts of the past, we are, we're living in the past, which means that we're living the life of Adam, trying to live the life of Jesus of Nazareth, hoping that one day we will become like Jesus, the resurrected one. Hello? Don't give up. Stay, stay connected. Your life is changing. Do you understand? When we live in the past, we're choosing to live like Adam that God doesn't even recognize. God is not even measuring you according to Adam. He's measuring you according, not even according to Jesus of Nazareth. He's measuring you according to Jesus, the transformed, resurrected one. You understand, when we go before God, we're not saying, God, I preached the gospel really well. I did the healings. I did all of that stuff. He's checking what is in your heart. So Paul is saying, you must have an answer, brother. You must have an answer, sister. You must. What is your answer? Is it according to the cosmos in your mind? Or is it according to the appearance? Some of us are pretty good at appearances. Coming to church. Say yes and amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother. Nothing is going on in the mind. <laughs> I'll tell you what is going on, the past. So we're living in the future past. Do you understand? Every time I think of something that I've done yesterday, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of God but you're in the presence of God, but you're not worthy. That not worthy is the past. Why? Because you're not worthy was taken on the cross. And he made you worthy. He made you righteous because he's looking for the transformed man. He's looking for the Jesus. The Jesus who's seated at the right hand of the Father. Let me tell you something. You are in Christ seated in heavenly places. You are not in Christ as Adam. You are in Christ as Christ. Come on. Are you okay? You are seated in Christ in heavenly places. So you'll never get out of the presence of God. And you are always standing before him, revealing what is in your heart. So question is, what is in your mind right now? What is in your heart right now? Like right now, what is in your mind? Because he's going to judge you according to what is in your heart. Your body speaks what is in your mind. 
When you engineer the cosmos, the Christ cosmos in your mind, when you create this value system in your mind, you receive the word. How many of you enjoyed the challenge that I gave you last week? What happened to the rest of you all? Put your hand up if you enjoyed the challenge. It's good. I've got another one for you this week. <laughs> let, let me tell you something. You know, we're, we're talking to people, was, they were like, Pastor, it's so hard. All I asked you is think one thought. Ask God for one thought. You have 70,000 thoughts. I'm asking you to think one. One new thought a day. And I said, it keeps the doctor away. And that one thought was like, oh man, you have to come into, you understand the new creation. When the Lord looks at you, he's going to see what is in your mind. If Adam is in your mind, he remembers you no more. Come on, and now, come on. He doesn't reject you. He just chooses not to remember your past. He chooses not to remember your sins. He doesn't hold your sin against you. Living in Adam is living in unbelief, is living in sin. Jesus says to his disciples, this is very interesting. He says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses. All the evangelists said, amen. But he spoke to all his disciples. He didn't speak to the fivefold. He spoke to all of us. He says, you will be my witnesses. But it's very interesting that Jesus never told his disciples before the resurrection that you'll be my witnesses. Just think about what I'm saying, man. I'm telling you, it will completely change your life. He says, you will be my witnesses post the resurrection. When he came back with a new body. He says, touch me, Thomas. Touch me. He appeared. He appeared with, to, the, to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to Peter. He appeared to the disciples when they were crying in the room. He appeared to, the, to Mary at the tomb. He, he appeared to them. Why? Why did he appear to them? It's because he, he, he was not sorry for them. He didn't feel like, oh, I abandoned my friends. Oh, look at them. They're crying. They're lonely. Let me go say hi. <laughs> no. He, he, everything that Jesus does is strategic. He came to present the prototype. The power of Jesus, the power over all creation, sickness, sin, and disease is in the prototype. It's who we are being transformed into. So he says, you will be my witnesses. You'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the world. And then you will start doing things that I've never done. In fact, you will do greater things. Why? It's because you are going further and you have the ability to, you have, you have witnessed a limitless Christ. You get it, right? Are you, are you getting it? Do you, do you understand? Jesus, of, Jesus did not come as Jesus of Nazareth. He came as Jesus, the resurrected one. He had a glorified body. He, had, he came to show us who we are going to be. You must understand the message of Easter is not bunnies and eggs. 
It's not even Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Easter is a celebration of our death, burial, and resurrection with Christ. If this does not make you happy, you must understand, if we're celebrating Christmas more, it means that we are, we are we're looking at Jesus of Nazareth. Happy birthday! Today is your birthday. You've been born into a new man. We should be celebrating Easter more than anything else in the world because that was the day the new man was born. A man that was limitless. Let me tell you, let me describe this glorified Jesus. His body was glorified, which means he could manifest glory. Physically, he demonstrated on, on the mountaintop with the disciples. He became like as bright as the sun. When was the last time you even thought of becoming as bright as the sun? Think about it. Just think about it. it, it the reason why is because we're still living in the past. Oh, it's impossible. Science has to prove it. No, God is beyond science. Do you understand? Jesus' body is glorified, it's transformed, it's righteous, it's justified, it's holy, it's blameless, it's a living sacrifice. It's limitless. Limitless. But when I make these statements that the body, this body, the new body of Jesus is justified, it's sanctified, it's righteous, who am I describing? Every time you talk about Jesus, the new man, the new creation, you're talking about you. Every time you allow the new creation to fill your mind, now you're talking about transformation into the new creation. All of creation is longing for the new creation because the new creation is the answer. You are the answer. Verse 16 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. <laughs> Is there Adam and Eve sitting next to you? <laughs> You can't even say that you are your father's son or your father, your, your earthly parents. It's completely gone. Hello. You're a new creation. Exactly. You are born from above. How are you born from above? He sent his word. So every time you allow the word of God to fill your mind, it's what you call a born again experience. Every time you receive the seed of God's word, you are born again. You are transformed into the very seed you have a value for. Do you understand? I must give you some examples because I feel like some of you are, are really struggling to understand this. 
How many of you know that Peter denied Jesus three times? When did Jesus come to visit him? After his resurrection. He came to him and he had a chat with him. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. How many times did he say? He restored Peter according to the number of times that he fell. Every time that he denied, every time that Peter denied Jesus in the flesh, the, the, the resurrected man restored him. He restored him back into the place. Listen, Peter was the man that God used to become a super apostle. The man that, that was denying Jesus walked out of the, of, the, of, of the the upper room. Thank you. The upper room and he preached a message and 3,000 people got saved. How many people did Jesus save? Come on, man. Not even one. How many people did Jesus lead to in a sinner's prayer? None. Peter, first time he opens his mouth. Supernatural. Oh no, come on. When you have a revelation of the new creation, you become the new creation and all of creation that is fallen begins to respond to you according to your transformation. We go to work the same way we went yesterday. What if I'm changed? What if I have a new cosmos in my mind? I've engineered this new cosmos and now I've gone to work as a new man. I'm a changed man. The old man is dead. Boss is calling the old man. There's no response. Don't pick up the phone. Your number's changed. You are no longer the same. You don't respond to abusive words. Have you ever been around Christians and there's such a level of holiness that people don't use abusive words around you? Why does that happen? It's because you're a new creation. You're a, you're a new creation that doesn't use words that, that kill. It. You use words that actually give life and life in its abundance. And now all of creation comes around you and they're hanging on. Like, no, 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 no. This man is holy. There's something about this guy. There's something about this lady. I can't even smoke around this person, man. Because I just feel like I'm... No, what they're doing is they're dishonoring the new creation. And every time you have an influence, the new creation has such a powerful influence that everything around you will begin to change. Have you ever been around friends that, that want to become like you? Why? It's because you want to become like Christ. You are the answer. Amen. Let me give you another example. This is post the resurrection. How many of you guys heard of Philip in the Bible? One day Philip was just hanging out with the Lord. I'm paraphrasing it, okay? It's Acts 8, you can read it. He was hanging out with the Lord and the, and the, and the Bible says that the Spirit spoke to Philip and says, I want you to go down south. Philip picked up his bags and just started going down south, down the road towards Jerusalem. He just went, specific instructions, but he just, he did not say, but Lord, there's no fuel stations. There's no shops. 
can't eat, can't buy groceries. Huh? He just picked up his bags and just walked. It's a new creation, isn't he? Because why? Because Philip was in that room when Jesus appeared. And so he understands the value of the new creation now. The spirit, the same spirit that was in Jesus now lives in you and gives life to what? To your mortal bodies, right? And so now every time the spirit speaks, it's an invitation to overcome mortality. All the ones in the front are getting it. But anyway, not a problem. You, you, you'll be transformed. Don't worry. When you see us, you can follow. No, no, no worries. No, no, no. So Philip now, he, he, he's going down this road. And then the spirit tells him, I want you to run and overtake that chariot. Not a bullock cart. A chariot. You know what a chariot is? A chariot is a, a race chariot. It goes fast. And God's word tells Philip, overtake. I know. I don't know. The last time I think the Lord told me that I am an overcomer, I just believed him. I believed I'm an overcomer and I started overcoming everything that tried to overcome And so, and so now this, this Ethiopian eunuch is sitting in his chariot and he's reading the book of Isaiah. You must understand that Paul's doctrine of the new creation is not something new. He didn't come up with it. He's actually preaching Isaiah. This is an Old Testament reality that the prophets prophesied. There will be a new generation that will come. God is doing a new thing. And so this eunuch is sitting down and he's reading this and Philip, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> what are you doing? Do you understand? This is the conversation. The chariot is moving and Philip is like, do you understand what you're reading? Hello. <laughs> Brother from Ethiopia, do you get it? <laughs> This is in the Bible. He's not like, hello. Hey, stop, 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 stop. Can't man, 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 man. Sports fist. After, <laughs> after the first game, it's like. <laughs> but Philip is like, hey, do you get it? What do you, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy's like, Uh, no, no, I don't get it. Stop, 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 stop. Let me explain it to you. And he explains Isaiah's prophecy about Jesus, the new creation. And that man gives his life to Jesus. He surrenders, he starts believing in Jesus and he gets baptized in a, in a, in a little pond over there. So convenient. Like suddenly there was a, Pond. No, man. No, you. <laughs> you must understand. They were not taking sign-ups at the 
info desk. You want to get baptized? Give your name. They were like, oh, hold on, we're a new creation. Oh, hold on, look. Water right here. Let's just put you in. Come on, man. <laughs> huh? Very interesting. No, new creation. New creation is fun. New creation is exciting. It's dynamic. It's not like boring church. Like, oh my God. I'm like, oh. If I don't go, he'll call me. Maybe I should change my number. I'm a new creation now. The pastor will not call. <laughs> oh, man. Huh? You're still imagining Philip running or me running right on stage. I can see it in your eyes. That's actually fine. So funny. Huh? <laughs> Don't change your number without telling me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. The new creation is phenomenal. God, just, just think, okay? <laughs> when God, when the Bible opens up in Genesis chapter 1, it says that the earth was null and void. That means the earth existed, but it, had, it lacked the ability to have a form or to produce life until God spoke. But the good thing is that God did not take the null and void and recreate it into life. He did not transform what existed. He spoke into the null and void and shoop, everything appeared. No. No, come on. Come on, get it, get it. If God was to give you a word, let's say you're still an Adam, and God was to give you a word, you'll only become a better Adam. He has to put to death. <laughs> Finished. That old shell is gone. And now he he's made a new prototype called Jesus Christ, the resurrected God, the resurrected Lord, full of glory, full of power, standing there, looking at all of creation and saying, become like me. Become like me. It would be so amazing for us when we don't have money. In fact, I can challenge you. A new creation will not need to speak. You be. And money will start coming to you. Prosperity will start coming to you. You know what salvation means? Do you know what salvation means? Salvation means prosperity. He's brought you out of darkness and he's made you prosperous. And Paul is saying to the, to the disciples, he's saying to the believers, he's saying, you must have an answer. You, when God is sitting on his throne and he's judging you according to Christ, what is your answer? Do you say, oh God, I was born in India. Poor country, third world country, third world. There's like one, two, three planets. Third planet they came from. Do you understand how ridiculous that condemnation is? Who said it's a third world? 
But we, we, we're like, oh, Africa? Ah, no, no, I don't want to go. The mosquitoes will bite. <laughs> please, please understand. When you have an old mindset, you begin to treat all of creation in condemnation. Hello? You understand? When you're a new creation, whether he's an Ethiopian eunuch in a Ferrari, Hello? What are you looking on your phone? Huh? Are you reading the book of Isaiah? I don't like this guy. Oh, hold on a minute. What are you looking at? I've got the answer. I've got the answer. I've got the answer. What is the answer? I am the new creation. All things have passed and behold, all things have become new. Listen to what I'm saying now. You are become a new creation, but the things are beginning to change. Come on. Come on. I'm a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. He's not just saying you are only going to become new. He's saying all things around you has become new. So I love what Isaiah was prophesying. And I want, you to, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 65. 65. Isaiah 65. <laughs> Are you there? Verse 17. This is God prophesying through Isaiah. And he says, look. Look at me now. You looked? You saw a new creation. No, no. You have to get it. When God says, look, he's saying, look at the future in your mind. He's saying, look at your future self in your mind. He's saying, look at the future Christ in your mind. Don't look at the past. Look at the future. Look at the new. And then he goes on to say, look, I am creating a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, come on. This is not a third world, second world, first world. This is a new earth, which means the old is gone. And behold, all things have become new. Who's making it new? He is making it new. It's beautiful. And no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Come on, man. And this is where basically Paul is talking about. The new creation theology is really from here. This is from the book of Isaiah. It was in the Old Testament all along. It was hidden there. And the Jews thought it was only for them. Hello. And here he goes, look, I'm creating a new heaven, new heavens and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old ones anymore. That's why Paul says, do not regard any man according to the flesh. Every single person is a new creation in this room. Every single person is a new creation in this room. Touch your neighbor and say, you're a new creation. I'm a new creation. Touch your neighbor. The other one, slap them if they're falling asleep and tell them, you're a new creation. Touch your neighbor and say, don't even think about it. 
Don't think about, you want to talk about my bad behavior? That guy died. You want to talk about bad habits? That guy died. I don't have his number anymore. You can call him, but he's not going to answer the phone. Come on now. Verse 18. Be glad. Rejoice. <laughs> Be glad. Rejoice forever in my creation. Come on. Come on, man. And look. He's saying again, look. I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. Hey, when was the last time you just laughed because joy was on the inside of you? You don't need a, you're a new creation. You don't need a joke. You are full of joy. You just laugh. You're full. You're, you have a smile on your face. You're not depressed. I told somebody, I actually told my dog the other day, he was acting all depressed. I was like, go change your face and come back. <laughs> I was like, I'm not interested in your sad face. Go change your face and come back. Touch your neighbor and say, go change your face. <laughs> the Samoans, if you, if, you, if you know Samoan humor, they go say, fix your face. But don't fix your face, just change it. We, don't, we want a new one. New one. If you look at somebody in my church sad and depressed, just say, go change your face. I need a new face. I need the Christ to come out of you. That's not Christ, that's depression. You are under something. I need you to be over everything. Come on now. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. I will create life as a place of happiness. And her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem. He's talking about the new city. He's talking about the new Jerusalem. Not the Jerusalem that will come from the sky, but the Jerusalem that will come out of you. Life, you are the new Jerusalem. You are that city that is on a hill. When, whenever you hear the words new creation, it is always, the Greek word is kainos kitsis, which means, it means that a creation that has never been created before, but it's also spoken of in terms of a new city. God is making us into a new city. A new city. A city that shines, a city that is bright, a city that cannot be put under a bush, but a city that should be on a hill. It, the tallest building in the world needs the life. It needs the light. You are that light. I'm prophesying right now that the tallest building in the world will have life. Come on. 19, I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. Wow. Wow. I just feel like we need to receive that right now. As a church, as the body, the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in our lives, in our church no more. No more. No more, no more in our families, no more in our workplaces, no more in this city. No more weeping, no more crying. No longer will babies die. 
when only a few days old. No longer will adults die because they have lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at 100. cursed will die that young and in those days people will live in the houses they build check this out and eat the fruit of their own vineyards come on come on man I was just talking about capsicum, but this guy is talking about a vineyard. Mind you, he doesn't say that you will drink the fruit. <laughs> he said you will eat the fruit. It's okay, it's okay. Don't get religious, that's fine. Drink, eat, don't worry, no problem. Unlike the past, invaders will not take their houses. You know why? Because there will be no one stronger than you. No one will steal your businesses because there will be no one that will steal from you. Because you are stronger. You are a new creation. <laughs> Invaders will not take their houses and confiscate their vineyards. For my people will live as long as trees. I'm like a tree whose leaf shall not and whatever he does he shall come on man come on come on come on oh, I've never thought of that before I will live as long as trees it was so amazing Kelsey and I were in the US and, and we were we drove past this um, um area called Whispering Pines and it's all pine trees and they're huge long tall trees and every time and it was a traffic jam and, and I just felt I needed some fresh air so we put the windows down and every, I put the windows down and I felt like angels were talking to me because the wind was blowing through the trees and they were like shh, 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 shh. they were whispering to one another have you heard the trees of the fields will clap their hands the new creation was driving past and the trees began to whisper. Come on, come on, come on. Drive, walk past your bank and the money will start talking to you. Come on, man. Come on. Walk past hospitals and, and sickness will begin to call you. Will begin to call you and say, come heal me, come heal me, come heal me. New creation, new creation, new creation. Old is gone. All that ping, the bank. Now we give the bank. The new creation are not borrowers, but they're lenders. 
I will give to nations. Nations! Come on, come on. Why do I crib and cry when it's offering time? When God has called me to give to nations. Be faithful with the little. Don't act like Adam when it comes to giving in the church. New creation. New creation. I have a limitless supply of funds. Come on, you've got to speak this over yourself. I've got a limitless supply of money, money, money. Prosperity is my portion. Come on. Come on. Very smart. Very smart. She's getting it. Very smart. You're blessed. You know that. Which verse am I in now? I completely got lost. 22. For my people will live as long as trees. And my chosen ones will have time to enjoy their hard-won gains. Wow. The last time I heard of gains was when I went to the gym. It was a lot of work to get a little gain. But he's saying here that you will have time to enjoy your gains. Every, oh no. Let me revelate a little bit for you because I feel like your faith needs to be built up a little. When he says you have time to enjoy your gains, it means that your gains are so much that you have so much of time. I can flip it the other side and say you have so much time that the amount of time that you have to live equals to the measure of gains that God has given you. So you will enjoy your life with the gains that you work so hard for. Come on, come on, come on. Verse 23, they will not work in vain. And their children will not be doomed to misfortune. Well, I don't know, maybe your children are being fortunate being in the kids' church, but you should have been celebrating right now. Your children are not doomed to misfortune because every word that people spoke over your children, that they were special needs, I break it off their life now. They are fortunate. For they are people. He's talking about the new creation. They are people blessed by the Lord. And their children too will be blessed. Now this one is phenomenal. Are you ready for it? This one, 24, is absolutely beyond what you can imagine. I will answer them before they even call to me. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Anybody want to be a new creation now? <laughs> oh my goodness that completely changes the game of prayer does it he knows your needs even before you ask them and he shall supply your need according to his riches not your riches not your, the world's riches but his riches he's a very very rich God he's rich in every area not just money he's rich in health he's rich in prosperity I will answer them before they even call to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. I will just go ahead and answer their prayers. 
While you're talking to your knees, pastor, pastor, I need prayer, pastor. God has already answered. Oh, 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 oh. this is completely different. This is a whole other ball game. <laughs> I, that's a drop the mic moment right there. <laughs> I don't need to preach anymore. That's it. Finished. Service is over. Man, aren't you blessed that you came today? Come on, come on. I feel like reading that again. Can we read it again? Let's read it. I think we all need to read it again, okay? Can we read it again? Verse 24. One, two, three. I will answer them before they even called to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Oh. <laughs> Just say, God, go before me. Go before me. Answer my prayers, God. Answer my prayers, God. I like this new creation. Just tell him, I like this, re I really like this new creation guy. This guy is awesome. I love the new creation, God. I'm not trying to become a better Adam. I just want to be like Jesus who's resurrected. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is like a birthday blessing. Whew. And he talks about everything around us. He says, the wolf and the lamb will feed together. The wolf is not looking to feed on the lamb. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat hay like the cow. See, now it's like, huh? What are you talking about? But that's the power. That's your power. You can tell black is white and it becomes white. A lion eat grass and it will eat grass. It will not kill you. It will eat grass. Vegetarian. <laughs> vegan. Send him into the vegan van. Right? Can you imagine Africa, how beautiful it would be? Nobody's afraid of the lions. Nobody is afraid of the tigers. Nobody is afraid of the wolves and the hyenas. The deer are just like a deer pants for water. So my soul longs for you. We see the fulfillment of the new creation. This is not in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. He's talking about us here. He's talking about you and me. This is our life. This is the life that God has called us. We worship God here and there's peace in the prison. The lions. Shh, calm down. Calm down, buddy. When there's, a, when there's a warning of tsunami. No, 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 no. Shh. Be still. Be still. Be still. The word of recession. Oh, no, 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 no. Shh. Be still. Go spend money. <laughs> don't worry. Don't, don't, don't let fear. No, no, no. I can't spend. It's a recession. When will I have money? When there's money. If you don't spend money, how will it come? Since there is a little bit of hindrance here, the word says, give and it shall be. Wait, wait, before we get to good measure, okay? First, you have to give what you have so that you can receive according to what he gives you. How does he give you? Good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together, running over. Why? So that you can give good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So that you can receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. He didn't say, he didn't say do it once. He said this will go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. There's a but here. It says, but the snakes will eat dust. That's okay, right? That's fine. Not a problem. In those days, no one will be hurt or destroyed on my holy mountain. You know what he's saying? He's saying the new creation, I've called them to stand in my glory. A new creation that stands. He tells Moses, no one can see the face of God and live. There is a generation. <laughs> As I was talking about you and me. Jesus came and he displayed it. He went up that mountain and... <laughs> but he says, don't tell, don't tell them yet. Don't tell them yet. But there will come a time when you will tell them what's the potential of this man, the new man, the new creation. It's amazing. It says, I, the Lord, have spoken. That's his steel, steel. That's his stamp of approval. When, when you read in the Bible, it says, I, the Lord, have spoken. That's his stamp of approval that says, it is done. It is done. It is done. It is done. I have just defined your identity. I have just, I have just defined your identity. This is the new man. The new creation. The new creation is the answer. Come on. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus some praise in this place. Come on, just give Jesus some praise. Praise Him. Praise Him. You are worthy, Lord. What a birthday gift for us today. What a birthday gift. Today is my birthday. Easter is my birthday. Easter is your birthday. You are a new creation in Christ. The old has passed and behold, the new creation.